Relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. It is the second week of November, and we are in our second week of taking you inside the client meeting room at GenWealth for a look at the questions our advisors are commonly asked by prospective clients. Answers to frequently asked questions this week on the Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Settle in for another hour of about talking about your finances, your retirement, your money. This is the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas radio, the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. Glad to have you along. John Shrewsbury to my right. And sitting in Janet Walker's seat today is Candace Stanley. Janet is out today, but good morning to you, Candace. Good morning, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning, John. Good morning. And Chad Roller is to my left. Another member of the Gen Wealth team. How are you, sir? Good morning. Everybody is ready around the oval table for another discussion about frequently asked questions this week. And before we dive into that, I do want to talk about uh, the big news coming up next week, John, that we are going, we are just days away. And, and I know that your heart probably is just beating a little bit faster. I mean, I know this has been a labor of love, but, but Janet and you have been working on this book for more than a year, right? Yeah, it's uh, it was kind of off and on, and, and when we had time around our appointments and things of that nature. But your retirement should be more. How to harness the power of more in your retirement is actually going to debut on November fifteenth. Now we've got an online purchase opportunity with Barnes and Noble and with Amazon that will be on online on November 15th, and then we will actually have books in bookstores a little bit later uh, about the time of Christmas season, and we've got a book signing. Uh, we're going to actually be doing a book signing at Wordsworth Books, and if you go, well, okay. where is that at? It is about a block north of Cantrell off of University mm-hmm. in the Heights. Yeah. There's a shopping center up there. It's right next door to Mr. Wicks. If you know where Mr. Wicks is, it's right next door to Mr. Wicks and a little uh, shopping center there in the Heights, and we're going to be there from one to two on Saturday, December 1st, uh, signing our book, Your Retirement Should Be More. We're really, really excited about it. Uh, lots of folks need to know how to prepare for retirement and really need to understand that retirement is more than just having an investment account, Scott. And and that is the point of the book, is that we go through and talk about all the aspects of retirement other than your your actual investment account. And, and a lot of it has to do with mindset. A lot of it has to do with the way you think about retirement. Everybody probably thinks about retirement that way, and I think there are various reasons. Sometimes, John, it's because their advisor only talks about investments. So right. Sometimes it's just because that's all we know to do in our pre-retirement years, right, is to try to build life savings, try to build retirement savings, try to accumulate. But then when you knock on the door of retirement, you really don't know what you don't know. Yeah, and it, that's what this book is about. It it clearly is and and we're excited for the launch of the book. I you know, when you are uh, when you pull up something on Barnes and Noble and you type in the, the name of the book and all of a sudden there it is, it becomes real to you. It's yeah. like, wow, yeah. uh, this is this really does mean we did write a book and we are authors and and that's that's a pretty cool feeling. But I think the the best feeling is that we're going to be able to be very very instructional, very transparent mm-hmm. about the retirement planning process here at Gen Wealth and really just general good information that you need to know. So who needs this book? Really any. Anybody that is thinking about retirement needs this book, especially if you're close to retirement, you're headed toward retirement, you're going to, to be retiring in the next, let's say, five to 10 years. This book is for you because it is, I think, the instruction manual for your retirement. Well, and such a perfect time for release, too, when you think about the holidays and, and, and not just as a gift giving idea, but the idea that you're going to have a little downtime probably around Thanksgiving and around Christmas. You're going to have a chance to maybe spend a few hours reading when you don't have a chance during the hectic life that you may lead. And, and this is an easy 
read, and, and I know personally that it's an easy read because I read it. I read it out loud because I had the pleasure of uh, recording the audio version of the book, and it, I'm not even sure how does that take. If somebody wants the audio version, they go through Audible, right? Yeah, is that they, the best way. Amazon uh, is is connected to Kindle and Audible, and so yeah. you, you'll have the opportunity uh, to do that. One of the things that's really interesting is the is the Byzantine uh, complex nature of actually getting a book to market. Writing a book is one thing, but then getting it to market is a whole completely different deal, and and that is a learning experience for us and the marketing team here at GenWealth. And uh, we'll, we'll have it way more better figured out on our second book than we did our first book, I can assure you. Your Retirement Should Be More, available uh, coming up in just the next few days. And, of course, you can uh, pre-order it as well. All sorts of opportunities for you to give that as a gift for yourself. And as John said, if you are close to retirement, this is a must-read for you. Barnes & Noble has the the uh, pre-sale going on right now. Amazon, you can buy uh, the uh, book pre-sale on Amazon. The release date is November 15th, and the book signing December 1st at 1 o'clock at Wordsworth Bookstore in the Heights. Now, one of the subjects in that book is a discussion about how market volatility affects your retirement during retirement. Obviously, there's been a lot of that recently, and, and we've spent a little bit of time in the last few shows kind of addressing that because I know that people are probably tuning in wanting to know, well, what do, what do these guys have to say about what the market's been doing? October was an extremely volatile time. But when you look at how things have kind of settled down the last few weeks, it is starting to to creep back up. And I think that's what we've talked about, John, in the previous uh, Fastest Four uh, segments that we do, which is coming up a little bit just a few minutes away uh, for many of our affiliates. But when you look at the post-election fallout this week, uh, it was kind of as scheduled as far as what the predictions were on the election results, and the market has responded in kind. I think it would be interesting, Candace and, and uh, Chad, let's, let's talk a little bit about what we're hearing from clients. Uh, are we hearing concerns about the market volatility right now, Candace? Well, those clients of ours that understand their plan, understand that the money that may be subject to a lot of volatility is money that they don't need for several years. So a lot of our clients that do understand that plan, they're, they're not uh, upset and they're not that nervous. But they may call and, and, and we'll talk them through that. But, but they know that that long-term money, it, it's going to be okay. Chad, I think a lot of times it's more of they want to know what we know as opposed to being just upset than thinking the economy is going off the rails. Exactly. And, and a lot of times, you know, we'll, we'll have that discussion about the indicators that we're looking at versus the noise in the media that uh, we're not we're not we're not watching some of the, the media day to day volatility uh, that they're putting out there, but there are some indicators that we're looking at that uh, that really make a difference in what what decisions we make. And Scott, those indicators too are usually are always for us fundamental economic indicators. And mm -hmm. and when you look at the volatility we've had, we consider it short term volatility. I think you're seeing that now. We had a, a pre election uh, skittishness, I guess, if you want to say that, because of the unknown and the market never likes unknowns. We talked about the interest rate environment, and, and as that starts to creep up, there are worries from investors that, well, are companies still going to borrow money at the rate they've been borrowing money? Because it's going to cost them more to do that. And, that, and that's a valid concern, but the interest rate uh, increases are not going at such an accelerated rate that, that can't be managed. And then if you look at the long-term underlying economic data, John, what we see is, is that companies are still making money. Yeah, and I, I had a physician uh, come in the other day who is a client of ours, and uh, he's he's very near retirement, and he was expressing some some concern about where we are in the economy and the markets, and I, and I explained it like this to him, and I th felt like he could probably understand this. I said, Doc, this is heartburn. This is not a heart attack. Yeah. And, and I think that, that we'll see that, and we're actually beginning to see uh, the market settle down, and, and obviously we're now post-midterm election, uh, and that has historically been very good for the market and we'll see kind of how that plays out over the next several days. But we don't see anything economically that would derail the markets over the short term, over the next, say, six months to a year from an economic standpoint. But, of course, anything can happen. Well, and I think that Candace made a great point. Our clients understand their plan. And their plan includes the expectation that there will be market volatility, just like we've seen in the last few weeks. Hey, we're just getting started on today's Get Ready for the Future show. We're going to have frequently asked questions, questions that prospective clients ask us in the meeting room. We'll dive off into that next. 
to financial independence isn't easy, but it starts here. Back with more financial wisdom from the Gen Wealth team after the break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. We're talking post-election season now. The midterms are in our rearview mirror. We are so glad that they are. That is over with. And John, now using our partners at LPL Research, we're going to talk about the market outlook moving forward. They've provided us some fantastic charts, some fantastic information, and really it's 100% optimistic. Yeah, it is. And when you look at the markets, the thing that they don't like is uncertainty. And so now that we have certainty, the markets feel like they can move forward. And we saw that early on, right after the election, the markets bumped up pretty significantly on Wednesday after the Tuesday election. Now looking forward, history tells us that we are really in a good spot now that we have this divided Congress and uh, a, a Republican president. First of all, let's let's take a look at, at some facts about historical facts about uh, midterm elections and, and markets and what have you. Most equity gains during a midterm year all occur after the election, all occur after October. Yeah. And so that gives us a good feeling about where we are right now. Secondly, if you take a look at the S&P 500, since 1946, 18 out of 18 times, the S&P 500 has been higher after every single midterm election. And Scott, you can't say that about just about any other time period that's out there as far as the midterms are concerned. Yeah, and we should point out too, it is irregardless of the results of that election. It is regardless of the fact of who is uh, which party the president is is a member of. Whatever happens in a midterm election, it was 18 out of 18 times historically anyway, and we should point out, obviously, we don't have a crystal ball on 2018, but historically, it was up each of those times. And you know what the average rate of return of the S&P 500 from November to the year end is? Double digits. Yes, 10%. So that's another fact that we feel like is in our favor going forward. And under a Republican president, the best scenario has been for there to be a split Congress. The market has performed better with a split Congress and a Republican president than it has when both houses of Congress are on the Republican side, or maybe all, both houses of Congress are on the Democrat side. With a split Congress, we know we're not going to get any big wild things going on because there's some inertia that happens in Congress as a result of that split House and, and Senate uh, content. And so you're looking at a situation where the markets can really kind of begin to get into a groove and rely on some certainty there. Yeah, and it really goes back to what we've been talking about for months here on The Fastest Four. It comes back to all Ultimately, fundamental economic data drives the markets long term. Short term, there's going to be that uncertainty, as you mentioned, John, that people start to back up. Those uh, institutional investors start to back up and go, well, what's about to happen here with this election? What's about to happen with interest rates? What's about to happen with trade? But once there's some indication that things have settled, like this midterm election, it goes back to those fundamentals. Scott, there is a uh, psychological factor called recency bias that we think what's happened recently is what's going to happen in the future. Don't get in that mode when it comes to a midterm election year. The things that happen in the first, second, and third quarter of a mid-year election, uh, a midterm election year, you're looking at a situation that likely is going to be completely different in that fourth quarter because the fourth quarter is the best performing quarter of a midterm election year, historically speaking. So another positive for the market. And then when you look at the economy, the things that are going on in the economy and the markets right now, we really are very positive about where we are. Now, let me say anything can happen. And, you know, we could have a black swan out of the blue event at any particular point in time. So it always pays to be diversified and be on guard about your investments. But 
Right now, things are looking pretty well. That's going to do it for this week's fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues on the radio side right after this. Monday warrior, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom Sawyer, mean, mean pride. Join us for one of our live events in your area. Go to getreadyforthefuture.com slash events for a calendar. More of the Get Ready for the Future show after this. got questions we've got answers email info at get ready for the future.com with your name location and question to get a response on the air from the gen wealth team now back to the get ready for the future show as always if you want to find out if you're ready to retire you can find out more and begin the gen wealth ready to retire process with a complimentary first appointment with a gen wealth advisor you can do that by reaching out to us at our main office number, 501-653-7355. Again, I'll list that for you, 501-653-7355. Now, that's our main office in Bryant, but we have locations in West Little Rock, Hot Springs, El Dorado, in addition to Bryant, and the shreveport Bossier area. A Gen Wealth advisor ready to talk to you about your retirement. And we're talking to you today on the Get Ready for the Future show about frequently asked questions, questions that we get all the time from prospective clients as uh, they come into the the meeting room and start to have that discussion going into, John, that Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. And we're going to dive off into one of these that actually comes from our younger clients, from our middle-aged clients, and from our pre-retirement clients all the time. And I think it's really indicative of the fact that when we start talking about a Roth IRA, my experience inside of the meeting room when we start analyzing client assets is that the Roth IRA is really the most underutilized account in most cases. It It is the one that maybe they started, if they, if they have one, maybe they started it and then, and then kind of went away from it. The 401k was really the, the driving vehicle for their retirement savings. But a lot of people, John, don't even really understand how a Roth IRA works. Yeah, you are missing the boat if you do not have a Roth IRA. Let me just say that as a as a blanket statement, because I believe the Roth IRA is the greatest retirement invention that the government ever created for the average investor. When you think about what a Roth IRA does, it creates this pool of tax-free income. And where a Roth IRA really comes into play, Scott, is when you have enough time to allow that tax-free income to build up or that those tax-deferred dollars to build up to create a stream of tax-free income. Because when you think about how the Roth IRA is dealt with in retirement, it does not cause your Social Security to be taxed like all of your other income is. You have money that you're not paying any taxes on. And one of the biggest complaints that I hear, and Candace, I'm sure you you hear this too from retirees, is they don't have any tax deductions anymore. And they, they paid off their house, their kids are grown, gone from home, so they can't take those as a deduction. And they get killed when it comes to taxable income. And a Roth IRA is the antidote to that. Yeah, that's it's a great piece to your retirement when you've got um, income maybe from Social Security, a pension, and then uh, you may have a traditional IRA, right? So the Roth IRA is going to be that one piece in there that's really going to give you a break on your taxes in retirement. It's very helpful. Scott, I, I think about, you know, when George Bush was talking about the financial crisis back in, in 2008, he said, well, I had a choice about this whole thing of, of the government giving uh, banks money and what have you. We could have a recession or not have a recession. And it was just really easy. And and I want to say it is just that easy when it comes to Roth IRA. You mm-hmm. can be taxed on your income in retirement or you can be not taxed on your income in retirement. Which would you choose? And obviously you would choose not to be taxed on your retirement, but what's the catch? Well, on a, in a traditional 401k or traditional IRA, if you can take a tax deduction for the IRA, you get that tax deduction on the upfront, but you have to pay taxes on all the income on the backside. It's just the opposite with a Roth IRA. With a Roth IRA, you're not going to get the tax deduction for what you put in, which is a small amount of money, but the tax-free income and the taxes that you don't pay in retirement mm-hmm. amounts to a large amount of money. Let me speak to the younger people who may be listening too, and, and maybe even in your up into your mid thirties, up to forties. 
you are in your working years and you and the thought process here is is that you're going to earn more as you get older, right? Right. So wouldn't it make sense that if you had a Roth IRA and you pay taxes, as John mentioned, on the money up front while you're making less and then let that build tax free, and then when you earn more, maybe then return to putting more into your pre-tax accounts because then maybe it's more valuable when you're in a higher tax bracket to get the tax break now rather than later. But that doesn't mean that as you get older and in your 50s that the Roth IRA can't still be a very good tool. Now, there are income limitations that we do need to talk about because as you do get into your higher earning years, you may make too much or you may think you make too much to get money into a Roth IRA. Yeah, there are some limits on how much you can put into a Roth IRA, obviously, but also limits on your income, whether you can qualify to directly contribute to a Roth IRA. $193,000 is, is the, the, where it begins to phase out and it phase out, uh, phases out at $203,000 joint modified adjusted gross income. And I know that's a technical term from the IRS, but basically if you make up in that area of income, then you you probably need to start checking to see if you're if you're eligible for the Roth. But the other thing that you alluded to, Scott, that I want to kind of go back to, and, and Chad, you've been in appointments with us when we've had this conversation. The best time for people to think about converting money to a Roth IRA is when they're young, because number one, usually their account balances are small, and so they have to pay tax on the conversion dollars, and so that's a smaller amount of money that they have uh, to pay tax on. But then they've got a long time to allow that Roth money to grow on a tax-free basis and a tax-deferred basis, so they have the ability to grow a whole lot more actual tax-free income when they retire. Right. And so if you're, if you kind of break this down to, to a simple, let's, let's look at just putting a dollar in. If we put that dollar in now and we didn't get a deduction for that now and we grow that to say $3. So if I'm in my twenties and I, I triple that money by the time I go into retirement, now I get to take that full $3 out without paying any taxes on it. But if I take a, the traditional route and take the deduction up front, I grow that same dollar to $3. Now I've got to pay taxes on that full $3. And that is a huge uh, tax. Well, it's a huge income stream that you can create down the road. And to, and like we talked about earlier, even uh, when we're talking about offsetting the uh, not paying taxes on the Social Security income as well, it, it creates a lot easier uh, way to maximize income in retirement. Well, let's talk about the qualifiers then. So how do you, what, what do you have to be, uh, what do you have to meet? What qualifications do you have to meet to be eligible to contribute to a Roth? Well, all you have to do is have earned income. And in a case of a married couple, only one of those spouses actually has to have the earned income. So you can make an annual contribution of a maximum of $5,500 a year per spouse if each has, because again, these are individual accounts, so each spouse could have their own Roth IRA, no more than 5500 per spouse. And then if you're 50 or older, there's a catch-up contribution, much like the catch-up contribution in your inside of your 401k, another, another $1,000 may be contributed. So you're up to $6,500 in each Roth account. So now we're up to $13,000 on an annual basis for a, a for a married couple that could go into that Roth IRA and grow tax-free for retirement. And I think even for young people, I, I shared this on the show last week, John, that my son just turned 18 years old. So he's now legally adult. Now that would be, uh, there'd be some discussion on whether that really is true or not, but he is legally now an adult and he works part-time at the Chick-fil-A in Bryant. Now, yeah. now he probably doesn't even make $5,500 a year. So there is the uh, reduction for him, but he could put all of his earned income. If he made $4,000 in one calendar year, he could put $4,000 into a Roth IRA. I want to hear that conversation of you convincing him <laughs> yes. to put all of his earned income into the Roth IRA. If you can do that, we're going to have you on the radio making that pitch to everybody else. But but yeah, you're technically correct about that. And the Roth IRA would allow an 18-year-old a uh, 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 incredibly long yes. time of compound interest using that basic principle of compound interest and keeping the government's hands off of your money, both during the tax deferral time 
and during the income time is what I think makes the Roth IRA an incredible tool for retirement. And I really hope Garrett does that mm-hmm. because it, it, oh, I, he will. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> at, at the point of a gun, he will. Yeah. Probably. But maybe uh, not all of his income, but we're going to get one started for sure. But, but I think it's just an incredible tool. And then on the other side of the equation, Candace, I know there are some things that, that, when we have folks come in and they have traditional IRA money and maybe they don't need to take income from it, but the government makes them do that, that causes a, a, a great deal of angst for them because they're having to pay tax on income that they don't need and they expose it to taxes and turn around and reinvest it. That's a common discussion we have with folks that have traditional IRA money. But folks that have a Roth IRA, they've got a couple of advantages as well that that they can take advantage of and avoid that situation. Yeah. So what you're talking about is required minimum distributions, right? So with the traditional side at 70 and a half, they're required to take a minimum distribution that's mandated by the government. But that's not the case with the Roth IRA. There's no what we call RMD for short. There's no RMD for the Roth IRA. Mm -hmm. So that's that's helpful as well. Absolutely. And there's there's no mandatory age. Seventy and a half doesn't even occur as far as the, the Roth IRA is concerned. Exactly. That's right. That's a great point because I do have clients come in and say, okay, so here are all my accounts. Where, when do I have to start taking money out? If you have a Roth IRA, you don't. Yeah. So it is very valuable. So let's talk real. We've only got a, a couple of minutes left, but I do want to talk about we return to those income limits. We, you, we mentioned it briefly, but if you are married filing jointly, your modified adjusted gross income is over $202,999. Boy, they get specific with that. But if, so if you're a little over $200,000, in joint income on your tax return, then you cannot make an an eligible contribution to a Roth IRA. However, there are ways to get money into a Roth IRA. You may have heard the term backdoor Roth. Let's explain that. Yeah, this is something that Congress has actually affirmed is is a legitimate thing to do. Some people go, is that legal? Can you do that? And, and it is absolutely a legitimate way of putting money into a Roth. So what you have to do is you have to have an IRA that you can convert to a Roth IRA. Now, it gets complicated if you have other IRAs out there, then this kind of gets bogged down a little bit. And I don't have time to go into all of that detail. But let's just say if you have a single IRA out there that you want to convert to a Roth, then you can do that without too much harm, too much foul. And and you can backdoor those contributions and get around that $202,999 limit. Yeah, so if you'd like to learn more about that, if you have any questions about how a Roth IRA works, well, first of all, you, if, you, if you want to listen to this segment again, you can find it on iTunes or Stitcher. Listen to the podcast version of the Get Ready for the Future show. You can also come in and see a Gen Wealth Advisor, 501-653-7355. Again, our number, 501-653-7355 to meet with an advisor near you. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we will talk more frequently asked questions. What get asked? What gets asked of our advisors inside the meeting room? Back in a moment. Stay in touch with the Get Ready for the Future show during the week. Search Facebook for Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, or follow us on Twitter at Gen Wealth FA. More straight talk about money after this break. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show from the Gen Wealth Radio Network Studios. If you've listened to us for any length of time, you know that we frequently offer Gen Wealth Academy workshops free of charge to anyone who wants to attend. And the sole purpose is to provide education like we do on the Get Ready for the Future show each and every week. We just talked about Roth IRAs and explained that. If there's Anything you want to know about retirement, it's a good idea to look on our website, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events, and find out when the next Gen Wealth Academy workshop is headed your way. But since you're listening right now, I'll go ahead and tell you. The three big risks to your retirement coming up December 4th at 630 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. What are the three big risks to your retirement? We talk about them often on this show, but we'll dive in deep to what those risks are and how to plan to prepare for them. On December 4th at 6.30 at the Crown Plaza, again, it is absolutely free to attend. Education is the focus. We are never there to sell you 
anything. We just want you to learn something. You can sign up at GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash events. Do also want to talk about an upcoming exclusive opportunity, John, for Blue Cross Blue Shield employees. Absolutely. The Blue Cross Blue Shield employees in the home office in Little Rock have an opportunity to uh, attend a couple of workshops that are coming up on November 27th. This is at 2.30 and at 6.30. The the uh, HR team at Blue Cross asked us to do one in the evening. So employees would have the opportunity to bring their spouse to the workshop, which I think is a great idea. Uh, that 6.30 workshop exclusive for Blue Cross employees and their spouses. Then there's one at 2.30. Uh, during work hours, you can take a break and come in on this workshop on November 27th. And Blue Cross has asked us to specifically work on cash flow management and budgeting. Mm-hmm. That is the biggest challenge that they say their employees have. And so we're going to go in and actually do an educational workshop free of charge uh, on budgeting and cash flow management. You know, Scott, I think it's really interesting that, you know, people will pay big money to to go get an education at, at school, either online or in person and that type of thing. Here's where you can get financial education that you probably didn't get in school. I know you probably didn't get it in high school and you might have got a, maybe a personal finance class in yeah. college or something like that, but you've probably slept through it or forgot about it or whatever the case may be. Now it's important to you. And now Gen Wealth is bringing that to you free of charge. And this Blue Cross workshop is a great example of what we do in working with our area employers to try to raise the level of their financial wellness of their employees, because that means an employee is going to be a better employee if they are sound financially. And so we're working with Blue Cross. We're proud to partner with them on this November 27th workshop. So if you are a Blue Cross employee, you can sign up by going to info, I-N-F-O, at getreadyforthefuture.com. Just say, I want to attend the workshop. Give us your name, and we will be sure to put you on the list. There is very limited seating. They only have about 30 seats for these workshops because a small uh, presentation area for us, but it is absolutely free of charge on November 27th, 2.30 and 6.30 at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Well, I want to congratulate Blue Cross Blue Shield for doing this as well, for caring about their employees enough to provide them some financial education. Because let's face it, there is a gap there when it comes to what employers do for their employees. Many of them may offer a 401k, but I'll give you an example. I just sat with a, a prospective client a couple of weeks ago, and he had come to me, basically, had given me a call because he works in the healthcare industry, and he had, up until just a few months ago, had the opportunity to receive advice on his 401k right. as a part of his employer offering. So not only did he get the 401k, he also had uh, some management of that offered to him through advice. Well, that went away. They decided to part ways with the firm they were using to get that advice, and all of a sudden he felt very much in the dark and he's got a he's got a, most of his almost all of his retirement savings existing in the 401k so you can imagine how this might feel but unfortunately he's not alone yeah you're right and if you are an employer or if you are an hr manager anywhere in our listing area pick up the phone give us a call 501-653-7355 tell us you'd like to talk a little bit about the details of these workplace workshops that we are doing here at gen wealth and we will be glad to talk with you about it because it is a great opportunity i I think, Chad, to educate people in an area that's very critical that they don't get a whole lot of education in. Well, I think you got two types of employees. You got the one on the right side, the extreme that is looking at it every day and worrying about the market and, you know, has the stress of trying to make the right moves at the right time on their own. And that also takes a lot of work work hours away from uh, some, some distractions there from them. But then you also have the employee that uh, is sitting there just basically saying, hey, I'm putting something there and I hope it, you know, let's roll the dice and let's hope it hope it goes somewhere. And they're they're not making any 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 decisions on their own. So, you know, there's there's guidance on both ends of those spectrums. And that's what uh, what I've found that one of the things that we can do is kind of bring some peace to that, to know that for those that are not looking at it, they're saying, hey, you know, I, I am going to do I'm going to take some action. I'm going to take some interest in this and uh, pay a little more attention. And then those on the right side that are looking at it every day, 
say, you know, hey, let's let's come back a little bit. Let's not get so emotionally tied and make the wrong moves at the right at the wrong time. And let's throw another one in there. Those employees that don't think they can do anything. That's what this cash flow management thing is about at Blue Cross. We mm-hmm. want to take a look at, at where you are directing your dollars and see if we can't free up some money that you can take advantage of some of the things that are out there. Because I think until you really get comfortable with, okay, I've got everything else covered and I can go ahead and step into that arena. Uh, people just are, are very reticent to do that. They're very hesitant to take that step. And that's why cash flow management is going to be a huge part of what we do in GenWealth going forward. Yeah. And it's another frequently asked question. That is a part of, of, of most uh, individuals and, and couples who come in to see us is if they're still accumulating, they want to make sure that they are allocated the way they need to be for retirement inside of their 401k. And I've shared this story before, but my own personal experience, I, I can relate to how helpless you can feel as an employee. You're excited that your employer is going to give you a match and you want to get that match and you start contributing to your 401k. You understand that. But John, most people get handed a packet and they tell them, hey, have this filled out, bring it back to me at the end of the week. Well, signing up easy is easy. Maybe figuring out how much you're going to save is the easy part. But then you have those investment selections. And I, and I can tell you a long time ago, uh, when it, longer than I care to realize, 1999, I started work at Channel 7, and that was what happened to me. Just like most Americans, here's your packet. Go fill it out. Choose your investments. And I can remember that first time very vividly looking at all my investment selections and just reading the funds. And that's about as far as I went. And I can remember reading one of the fund names. It was a high yield fund, mm-hmm. which is uh, mostly invested in corporate bonds, right. which is on the safer end of the spectrum as far as risk reward is concerned. And as a 20-something, it was probably not the best idea to put all of my money into the high yield bond. But that's all I could do was read it and go, well, high yield sounds pretty good. I think that's what I want. Yeah. Our, our producer of our show, Casey, uh, his wife was just handed a packet yeah. and said, basically, have it back by Friday. Figure it out on your own. Candace, I think that is the biggest travesty and really very much... Uh, almost if anybody could be, you know, held responsible for this, it's a malpractice when it comes to uh, what an employee needs to do. I, I make the analogy that it's kind of like giving your teenager the keys to the car without any driving lessons and maybe handing them the the owner's manual of the car and saying, here you go, figure it out. Good luck to you. Right. It's such an important responsibility and the choices that you make matter, but you don't have the tools and the knowledge to really make a wise decision when choosing your own allocations, right? Yeah, it, it is incredibly important. And, 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 you know, here are the stakes. Retirement is at stake. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, some money in a 401k. It's your future that's at stake. And I don't know that we have that awareness of yeah. the massive impact of those decisions that you make regarding your 401k plan, where it's placed, what you invest in, how you deal with it, all of that type of thing. It is a very dangerous situation if you don't know what you're doing, but it can be incredibly valuable if you do know. What's the gap? What's the difference? It's education. It really is. And that's why we do these workplace workshops, guys, at GenWealth. It is also part of our planning process for our clients, how to allocate those 401k plans to get them uh, allocated in a a way that you are better prepared for retirement. It's all about the planning process. 501-653-7355 is our main number if you'd like to learn more about that. So, Within the back to our frequently asked questions, one of the other frequently asked questions we get about 401ks is, hey, I have this old plan. I, I, I worked at this employer. I actually re- recently, just this past week, sat with a, a couple and, and the spouse had been gone from a bank job for 13 years, 13 years. And the bank actually called, called her and said, we got to get this money out. And that was a first for me. Told her she had to get the money out of the plan after it had been sitting there for 13 years, and she didn't know what to do. And there are some options when changing jobs or when addressing a 401k that's been, as we call it, orphaned for several years. Here's the dirty little secret about 401k plans that, that you leave behind. Most people don't understand that that cost of that 401k plan uh, that is being left behind by the employee is still on the employer. 
And if you're not working there anymore, they're spending money on an employee that they don't have. Right. And so they would like for you to get that thing out of there. That is that is very much the 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 mechanics of how that works. But Candace, let's talk a little bit about the options that that somebody has in looking at their 401k if they if they leave their job. Yeah, I recently uh, wrote a blog about this. It'll be posted on uh, the get um, get ready for the future dot com pretty soon. Um, but one of the things that you can do is transfer the assets to a new employer plan, right? right. So that way you've got all your things, um, all your assets together in one account. But then there's also the option to roll it to a traditional IRA, right? right. Well, that's where a financial advisor can come in and actually advise you on those assets and help you with that. There's somebody that can be watching it. It can help you uh, make changes if necessary, depending on market movement and things like that. So you can leave it in your old employer. Yep. You can roll it to your new employer. Mm-hmm. You could go to a traditional IRA. And then, Chad, you were talking earlier about uh, that, you know, contributing to a Roth IRA and that type of thing. But you can make a rollover directly from a 401k to a Roth IRA if you're willing to pay the taxes on that money. Yes. And I and I actually just talked to a gentleman the other day about this. And, and he was getting some advice from a coworker that, you know, was trying to explain the tax you know, implications oh on this. Yeah. And, and basically, you know, uh, after talking through it with the, he, he finally kind of understand, we kind of put it in, in, uh, uh, I will say 10 to two or what I like to call redneck language every now and then. <laughs> but, uh, but you know, he, then he understood and he was educated about that and he felt better about, you know what, that, that I think I'm going to go ahead and do that because, uh, his original thought was just not do anything in, in hopes that he was not making a wrong decision. But, you know, a lot of times that is an option there is to go to that Roth IRA. We're going to take a break and be back with more frequently asked questions, including one of the most frequently asked questions we get from pre-retirees, even retirees inside of the Gen Wealth meeting room. That's after this. Like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, GetReadyForTheFuture.com. We'll be right back. Tired of the commercials? We are too. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Has this show flown by? We're already into our final segment of this week's Get Ready for the Future show. Talking about frequently asked questions, we want to back up real quickly because we only had a couple of minutes in that last segment to go over our frequently asked question about what do I do with this old 401k. And, And we want to review, John, those five options that you have, a decision time for you uh, as an employee, and you need the guidance of a financial advisor to walk through these, but we're going to, again, tell you the five options you have. Absolutely. And this is such a big deal. There are about 12 different jobs for the average person between 18 and 60 years old during their lifetime. So they're going to change jobs on average 12 times. That's astounding to me. I, I didn't really know that statistic was that big. But when you make those decisions, you've got 401ks that you've got to deal with as well. And so your five options are essentially you could leave your 401k at your old employer. There are pros and cons to doing that. You could roll it to the new employer. There are pros and cons to doing that as well. You could also roll the money to a traditional IRA, take it with you, as we like to say. There are some pros and cons to that as well. You could go to a Roth IRA. You have to keep in mind that you are going to pay taxes on the money in the Roth IRA. You won't pay an early withdrawal penalty, but you will pay taxes on that rollover to a Roth IRA. And the big one that we really try to talk everybody out of that it seems like that they want to gravitate to is that they think, well, the the money pot's open. Let me go cash this out and go pay off some bills or, or go buy a boat or whatever the case may be. That's the one that you don't want to do because that will derail your retirement. And those are your five options that you can do with a rollover opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, five options when changing jobs, always a good idea to talk it over with a financial advisor before making the decision. And Scott, well, I'll mention as well that if you have that decision to make, let us know at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. We'd be more than happy to send you a free rollover guide that outlines all the pros and cons of these five options for you to take a look at and make a legitimate decision about it. And if you'd like to come in and visit with an advisor here at GenWealth, you can dial 501-653-7355 or just reach out to us with an email as well, info at getreadyforthefuture.com. So time for our, our final frequently asked question of the day. And, and it 
really is more than one question, but it is all encompassing. When it comes to pre-retirees, uh, and we're generally talking about people in their mid-50s to close to 60 years old, uh, when they really start to think about retirement from a standpoint of, is my money going to last, and how am I going to protect my money to make sure I have it there, one of the common questions that's going to come up in their minds is, what if there is a health event? Healthcare costs in general, we get a lot of questions about, but particularly, Chad, in the realm of long-term care issues, because if people have done their homework, they know that Medicare is going to be limited in what it covers in retirement from a healthcare cost perspective, and they're not going to cover very much, very little, uh, if you have to have long-term stays in either a, an assisted living facility or a, or a nursing home, it's on you. And, and there is a discussion that we have when our clients come in and have that question for us that we walk through. And I think you you sit in on many of those cases. You've been in the insurance industry a long time, and you, you, you tag team with us in those appointments. And you walk through a very spe- a specific uh, list of questions you need to ask yourself as a pre-retiree. And I think that'd be a good jumping off point when we start discussing long-term care. It is. And, you know, Scott, a lot of times let's, let's kind of go back and, and take a look at why we feel like that long-term care discussion is part of what we do in the financial planning because we know that one of the major risks that somebody is going to uh, be faced with in retirement is not the risk of market volatility or market returns or what their investments are going to do, but it's healthcare risk. We're living longer. You know, there, there's medicine out there that allows us to uh, to have longer lives and, and, and have a little bit more longevity in retirement, but there is going to be that day that, that things wear out uh, and we are going to have to need some type of, of assistance. And what we talk about a lot of times is go ahead and let's plan for that now because part of our retirement income process is, is getting those expenses paid in retirement. And, one, and all of a sudden, now we get into our late 80s, early 90s, whatever it may be, and all of a sudden we have a huge expense. Mm-hmm. And not, all, not always is it both spouses. It's one spouse. So we've got one spouse that's still at home, and we've got one spouse that is going to need some type of care. Let me jump in real quick because we, we want to talk. Let me put some numbers behind it. We build retirement income plans, right? Income that's going to last you throughout retirement. And we talk about what do you need and desire. So your required income plus your desired income, and that is your number on a monthly basis. So let's say it's $8,000 a month that you're going to live on as a couple in retirement. The big question we're talking about here is what happens if one of you, in a husband and wife situation, one of you has to go into a nursing home and your plan is built for $8,000 a month and now one of you is going to need six, dollars $7,000 a month. Right. And so, so now all of a sudden we have this new expense and how do we pay for it? So basically we talk, talk through clients about there's basically four ways that you're going to approach long-term care and how to, how to plan for it. Uh, number one, there's the Medicaid option. Everybody understands what Medicare is, Uh, you know, go on Medicare at age 65, and then you've got the Medicaid option, which is basically government welfare. And uh, when you're talking with clients with, uh, you know, a significant amount of assets or, you know, even even good assets for the state of Arkansas to retire off of, there is going to be have to be a lot of spin down before they ever reach those Medicaid limits. And then also we, you know, you got to understand what type of care Medicaid is going to offer. You know, it is going to be more of a uh, state-based program or facility. So that's one way that that clients can look at Medicaid. And then you also will say, well, I'm just going to gift everything away and then I'll just be qualified for Medicaid. And that's not always a good option because you've got what they call a look-back period. So you get into some of those uh, issues there with, uh, you know, transferring the assets and, and going into that look back period. Let me say from a, a personal perspective, I've had a family member in a Medicaid bed and there is a significant difference in the quality of care in a Medicaid bed versus a self-pay bed in a nursing home. It is uh, there is more attention paid 
And it's just simply a nicer area of the nursing home in most cases than that part that is attributed to Medicaid patients. And so it's very, very basic uh, care. And, and oftentimes you question whether it's it's really the thing that you want for your family member. It is. It's, it's a lot of dignity. And I, I don't I don't think anybody just uh, goes goes throughout life and says, well, I'm just going to throw mom or dad in a Medicaid bed. Uh, so on the other end of the spectrum, uh, we've got the uh, self-pay or self-insure. And Scott, you've talked about earlier about the cost there. You know, it doesn't take long for six to seven thousand dollars a month to add up. Right. And that's you know, that's when we get into, you know, what is actually going to be able to be left out of the estate. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people have uh, assets that are not, uh, you know, liquid. You know, you may have most of your assets are are in land and you're uh taking an income for rent or maybe it may, maybe farmland. And that that's not an asset that you just want to go out and sell just because you need nursing home care. So in the middle there is where we talk about uh, clients and, and we, we offset the risk there with the insurance, mm-hmm. much like uh, we've talked about on the other shows, you know, every time that, you know, there is a risk in life, we, we use an insurance company to help offset that risk, whether it be our home and auto. And that's what you can do with this expense risk of long-term care. And with that, uh, the insurance companies out there have, have, you know, for years now offered uh, different types of policies. There's traditional long-term care policies, uh, and, and those have been around a while, and, and those have really taken a hit in the market because of what's happened. But uh, but before we go into the insurance, let's just talk about what a, a triggering event and define long-term care coverage is. Basically, the insurance companies look at it as not being able to perform six of the activities of daily living. So this is not just a uh, two of the six. Two of the six. I'm yeah. sorry. Two of the six of the activities of daily living. And let's define those real quick. Number one, bathing, dressing, eating, toileting, continence, or moving around, transferring. So, you know, if you are not able to meet two of those, then that can be a trigger to qualify for the benefits of a long-term care policy or whatever type of policy that's designed to pay. The other side of that is or severe cognitive impairment. So if you have the Alzheimer's, dementia, those are those are some of those longevity uh, claims that we're seeing in the marketplace now with, with people living longer and a lot more of those conditions coming around. So, you know, depending on the type of uh, medical history, the type of family history, you may want to take a look at uh, the different types and the uh, policies out there, they, may it be a traditional long-term care or what the industry is moving towards. And we've talked about a lot of times the hybrid products. Right. And Scott, that's where we uh, we get into being able to uh, be creative in developing a plan that, that has the right type of product to fit their plan, to fit their budget, and to fit their need. And that that's one of the things that I come in and, and we have a good discussion about. And we've only got about a minute left, but it went, let, let's talk about the age when you should really seriously consider getting it. If, if the policy is the route to go, if putting the risk on the insurance company is the route to go, and, and we've, we've talked about how you have to go through that process and walk through it, the age, the sweet spot, you don't want to do it too early because you're going to be paying for a longer period of time, and you don't want to do it too late because it's going to get cost prohibitive in a hurry. And I'd say, Scott, a lot of times we're looking at age 55 and above. Mm -hmm. You know, 55 to 70 is really that sweet spot that we, if for some reason uh, that's kind of our parents have either experienced it or about to experience it, so it's a lot more. Uh, you can see from fifty-five, you can see eighty-five a lot easier. You can yeah. than from forty-five. Seems like there's a lot of things going on around age forty-five that uh, that we need to address those needs first. But but yes, if you're coming if you're coming upon retirement and you're getting into uh, the the early sixties, it's definitely a great time is from a cost standpoint. Now let me point out too, this is part of the comprehensive retirement planning process. We're not telling you come in, we're going to sell you a long-term care policy, we need to analyze your needs in relation to your retirement income plan. And if you'd like to learn more about that, 501-653-7355, the number to call. That's it for this week's show. Join us again next week. 
The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. We'll be right back.